Open Letter of Apology to the World from FellowshipOfTheMartyrs.com Please bear with me. This is long overdue and there's lots of ground to cover. I want to make sure that I get it all out. Not just for me, but because I think you need to hear it. Maybe there are other Christians out there as well that need to make apologies and will find courage here. I appreciate your time. I know it's valuable. Dear members of the world, I'm just a guy. Nobody really. Son of a preacher and missionary. Years and years of vacation Bible schools, summer camps, youth ski trips, puppet shows, revivals, choir trips, you name it. Even went to a Christian college and got a degree in religion. I ended up in the business world, but I spent two decades tithing, sitting on committees, teaching Sunday school, going to seminars and conferences, etc. I even met my wife in the singles class at church. I'm not a bad guy. I've been mostly behaving myself, and everybody seems to like me. I do some good stuff here and there. But lately I've been trying to understand Jesus more, and stuff I never noticed before has really started to bug me. I've been taking a look around, and I'm having a hard time making sense of what it is we built here. So it just seemed to me like, whether anybody else says it or not, I need to take responsibility for the part I played and say what I have to say. So here we go. I know you think that Christians are a big bunch of hypocrites. We say we're more religious and we're going to heaven and you're not. And then we drive our big shiny cars with little fishies on the trunk and cut you off in traffic as we race by the homeless guy on the corner. We average just 2% of our money to church and charity, despite that we say the Bible is the word of God and it says we're supposed to give everything. On average, we buy just as many big screen TVs and bass boats and fur coats and makeup and baseball cards and online porn as anybody else. Maybe more. You've seen leader after leader end up in jail or court or a sex scandal of one sort or another. Well, you're right. We're guilty of all of it. We've done it all. And I'm really sorry. You see our cheesy TV shows and slick guys begging for money. And you get that there's something seriously sneaky and wrong here. A high-pressure call for money so they can stay on the air? Were we supposed to use Jesus as just another form of entertainment? Who do we think we're kidding? Where's Jesus in all this? Aren't we supposed to rely on Him? Isn't He going to meet our needs if we're inside His will? What happened to sacrifice and suffering and helping the poor? I'm just sick about this. I mean, the church leaders, they're not all bad guys. There are lots and lots of really hard-working, well-meaning folks who love and care and are meeting real needs in the community. Some of them understand and love Jesus. But I'm just real sure those pastors don't drive Bentleys, have multi-million dollar homes and their own Learjets. I mean, what God are we worshiping? Money? Ego? Power? You see our massive, shiny new buildings all over the place. Heck, maybe we even kicked you out of your house so we could expand our parking lots. You can't figure out why we need four different Christian churches on four corners of the same intersection. We've got playgrounds and bowling alleys and basketball leagues. We've got Starbucks coffee in the sanctuary. We've got orchestras and giant chandeliers and fountains out front. We've got bookstores full of Jesus junk with every imaginable style and flavor of religious knick-knack. But where's Jesus? Is this what he wanted? Oh sure, there are good folks all over and not every church is such a mess. But Christians are the ones that say we're supposed to be one body. So even the good ones are guilty of not putting a stop to it sooner. We were supposed to keep each other in line and not tolerate factions and dissension and greed and idolatry and all of this other bad stuff. Man, we really blew it. We've got 37,000 denominations, and most of them won't talk to the other ones. We lose over $5 million a day to trusted people inside the church. We spend 95% of all our money on our own comforts and programs and happy family fun time shows, and we let 250 million Christians in other countries live on the very edge of starvation. Not to mention the billion or so that have never once heard of Jesus. Or the homeless guy downtown we almost ran over when we cut you off in traffic. 
We're as guilty as we can be, all of us. Nobody's exempt. We should have put a stop to it a lot sooner. But I can't apologize on behalf of anybody else. This is about me. I know that you might have gone to church as a kid and stopped going as soon as you could. I know that you might even have been abused by somebody in the church. Maybe we got you all fired up and then just let you drift off like we didn't really care. Maybe you just didn't fit our profile. You might have piercings and purple hair or tattoos or been in jail. And somewhere inside you just know that even if you wanted to go to church one Sunday, it would not go well. I'm really sorry for that. Jesus loves you. He always hung out with the most unexpected people. He had the biggest heart for the folks everybody else. What have we done? We've told you to put on a sweater and some loafers or you can't go to heaven. I just want to throw up. Look, I know you're mad, and you have a right to be. We've done you wrong for a long time now. There's some things about Jesus that people need to hear, but we buried a beautiful masterpiece under hundreds of layers of soft pink latex paint. If you have a Bible handy, look up Matthew 23. If you don't, you can look it up at BibleGateway.com. You find it? Read it carefully. The Pharisees were the religious people of the day, the leaders of the faith. In this chapter, Jesus seven times says how pitiful and wretched and cursed they are for what they're doing to the people they're supposed to be leading. He even calls them whitewashed tombs of dead men's bones and a brood of vipers. I don't have time here, but read it and see if we're not doing every single one of those things. Jesus can't possibly be happy about what we've done to you. Sure, we like to kid ourselves and pretend everything's okay, but it's not. We're hated. Now please understand, Jesus was hated too, but that was because he said hard things. And sometimes people don't like hearing the truth. And he promised we would be hated if we were like him. But that's not why we're hated at the moment. We're hated right now because we're a giant pack of lying hypocrites that say one thing and do something else altogether. If we were hated because we were like Jesus, that would be one thing. But that's not it at all. You see right through our happy music and fluffy services, and you can tell there's something desperately wrong here. We're no different than anybody else, except that we say we're better than you. It was never supposed to be like this. Jesus asked us to care for the widows and orphans, to feed the hungry, care for the sick, visit those in prison, reach the lost. He wanted us to love our enemies and pray for them. He cared about human justice and suffering and the lost and the lonely. But I don't think he would have marched on a picket line. He had his mind on bigger problems. He wanted us to focus on the eternal things, not the everyday. He never once said to go into all the world and build big buildings and divide up into factions and buy Bentleys and jet planes. Just the opposite. I get that you're mad at us, and I think you have a right to be. But please understand, you're mad at what we've made under our own power. You're mad at churchianity. That's different than Christ and what he wanted. Don't be mad at Jesus. This mess was not his idea. Look, I'm really sorry. I accept responsibility for my part in having hurt you. But I'm committing to you all, dear members of the world, that I'm not going to do it anymore. Not a single penny more. I'm not going to put my faith in churchianity or any leader or program or TV show, but in Christ Jesus and his salvation. That's when I was set free and began to see that God wants and expects more of us than this. And I'm not helping anybody that's not fully committed to the same thing. It took centuries to build this monster, so it's not like it's going to just turn around overnight. But the times are changing, and we're way overdue for something new. Big bad things are happening, like the tsunami in Asia and the hurricane in New Orleans, and I think more are coming. I don't want any more time to go by without having said this. 
I'm sorry for all the time and money I've wasted. But Jesus saves. Really? The church itself isn't even the point. Jesus is the real deal. He lived and he died for my sins and he rose again. He is who he said he was and he cares about me and he cares about you. He's our only hope. We need places you can go that will only teach Jesus and will not be swayed or tempted or distracted by anything else. God willing, that's coming. But please don't think all Christians are just posers. Some of them really mean it when they say they belong to Christ. The problem is mostly in the West, where we're all comfy and complacent and seem to like it that way. The Christians in China and other places are deadly serious. There's no room for anything but Jesus when you're on the run from the government. They are dying every day for their faith and doing crazy hard things because they're absolutely committed to Christ. These are martyrs. People willing to crucify little pieces of themselves every day to be more like Christ. People willing to set aside everything they want to do what Christ wants. People willing to rot in prison or take a beating or die if that's what it's going to take. People that act in pure love and never back down. I'm not worthy to tie their shoes. And there's some like that here too. And I hope we can get a lot more people to start living that way. It's way overdue. If you're talking to someone and they tell you they're a Christian, ask them if they're the kind of Christian that really means it all the time or the kind that just means it on Sunday. The Bible says we'll know them by their fruits, by the faith and purity and love in their words and deeds. When you find one that proves Christ is in them by how much they love you, ask them to tell you all about Jesus. If you know one of those fearless martyrs that speaks nothing but pure, clean, hard truth, ask lots of questions. Truth is a lot more rare than you would think. But don't settle for soft, fluffy, and comfortable anymore. That's not in the Bible. As for me and my house, we're really sorry. From now on, we're going to serve the Lord, not churchianity. We're going to try to call together as many of those martyrs as we can and start doing what Christ wanted. If I run into you someday, please give me a chance to shake your hand and apologize in person. I'm going to try harder from now on, I promise. I think there are lots of others feeling the same way. So don't be surprised if you start hearing stuff like this more often. Thanks for your time. I hope it helps. Doug Perry, fellowshipofthemartyrs.com